You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. Um, this is a funny way to start, but recently I've gotten too old to run. So <laughs> I can't I can't really uh I can't really run for exercise uh, anymore. I mean, I can jog a short distance, but the way I used to run, just just can't do it. So um, I've started walking after the girls go down, and it just makes me chuckle anytime I pass somebody. They say, you're out taking your walk? I say, yeah, I'm doing my old man exercise. This is what I can do. But I have, uh, the Lord has been very generous with me during that time that I just take a walk. Um, I'll either listen to a sermon or um, we'll just go without anything and just let him speak. Um, And he has been faithful to bring revelation, bring understanding. Um, Just bless me in areas that I've had questions. Um, And it's just been a really fruitful time. My old man exercises bearing... uh, greater fruit than, you know, just getting me up and moving. So I'm just, and that's a little bit, it's a good segue into what we're talking about today. It's just wonderful that he's so faithful that when we will give him any window, just step into any window with an open heart and faith toward him and just let our minds be open and and don't try to process the day, don't try to process anything to say, okay, I'm I'm here to be with you. I'm I'm doing this because this is what my body says I can do, but also spiritually, I, I just want to be with you in this time. I want this to be our time because it's about the only quiet time I get during a day, and he has been faithful to take that window and to bless me, to teach me things, to speak to me about um, things that he's that have been mysteries to me for a while. Um, and one of those I'm going to, oh, you go. No, no, you share. Yeah, go, girl. Yeah. Sometimes the Lord will give specific prayer for them during that time, and sometimes um, not necessarily anything specific, right? Um, but he had uh, this week, I think it was on Wednesday, yeah, um, he had given a very specific prayer. He showed me a, a roof, kind of this arched roof covering them, um, and the prayer was one of uh, protection of their minds um, as they would rest that night. Um, but he also brought back to me a vision that he gave me probably three weeks ago for of, about Kennedy. And I hadn't shared it with Debbie yet, but he brought it back. And, you know, anytime he, anytime he starts bringing things back around, you're like, okay, this is like, this should be released. I should share. Um, and I called Debbie and talked with her and shared the vision with her. And um, it was just very timely. Um, she, yeah, she was like, I, I needed that. And, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was good. So that's my testimony of his goodness and just like releasing his words over his people. Thank you, Carrie. Um, well, unless there are any more, I'll get started. But again, if you have one, just raise your hand and interrupt me. Like I know you, Marcus. I know you're just waiting until I'm halfway through. Um, well, I'm going to try to keep it uh, short. I, get, I, have a chan- I have a tendency to get a little long-winded when it's my turn to speak because I, I store up all this stuff. And Parker always takes all the talk time, so I try, it all has a tendency to try to come out. So I'm going to try to keep it to a tight 120 minutes today. So... We'll just move forward as fast as we can. If we're still here in three hours, then then you can leave, but not before then. But I'm going to try to keep it to two. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I hope you brought a snack. Okay, and if you need to, about halfway through, we can stand up and stretch our legs. Take an intermission. But Father, I just, I, I once again, just want to come before you and say, I just take this time as, as I share what you've placed on my heart and let it be clear and let it carry the power that it did 
for everyone here that receives as you speak as it did for me when you delivered it. In Jesus' name, amen. Morning, guys. Good to see you. Um, so <laughs> this may, you know, you may think I was joking about 120 minutes, but the sermon today starts in uh, about June of 2019, so we may be here full, a full two hours. But that summer in 2019, I began to see one, two, three, four everywhere. I began to see those numbers I, twice a day, generally, twice a day, five days a week, and then I would just see it at lunchtime, the other two. But there wasn't a day that I didn't see it middle of the day, that I wouldn't just kind of, my head pop up, and look at the clock, and it was 1234. I, and it wasn't just there. It was, I'd drive down the road and see those, those numbers in order. Um, the most ridiculous one was when Dottie and Rose were little, they would watch a car review show on YouTube that I, I watched. It was a, they, now they call them boring dad shows. Um, but a guy named, guy named Doug DeMuro just reviews every kind of car, and I'll watch them because it doesn't take a lot of effort to watch, and I'm, I'm kind of mid-level car guy. But we were watching one one evening, and he was reviewing some fancy uh, Bentley or whatever that still had an analog clock in it. And as he was talking, he made a, a unique, he, he pointed out, he said, this one still has an analog clock. You want to guess what time was on the clock? 12.34. And it was about that time that I, like, I'm not always quick on the uptake with the Holy Spirit, but when that one came along, I was like, okay, what are you trying to tell me? What are you trying to say to me? And, and, and all summer long and, and through the fall, I would just, I would continually see this number. And it happened to coincide with the roughest financial point the WCA has seen in our eight years. That fall of 2019, I still look back and think, how did we survive it? Like, are we going to make payroll? Are we going to be able to pay this bill? Are we going to be able to pay our consultants? And we leveraged every bit of goodwill, every bit of line of credit we had to keep going and to keep pursuing and to, and to try to just keep this business alive. But it was hairy, hairy, hairy. And I look back now at one, two, three, four, and that being present in my life that fall, and I, I'm astounded at how dense I was that I didn't actually hear what the Lord was trying to tell me. Because that entire fall, I was completely eaten alive by anxiety. I have never been more anxious in my life. I would be at work worried, sick with worry as I tried to work. I would go home and try to sleep, and there was no sleep. I would try to figure out solutions, but my mind was spinning so hard there were no solutions. I, I couldn't put a straight thought in my head. My heart was, would pound. I would be short of breath. I, I went to the ER one evening to try to like get it under control, and it was a uh, it was Star ER there on thirty on Indiana in the Loop, and uh, I walked in there and they had me in a room and they said, okay, with your insurance it's going to be a five hundred dollar copay. It's it's pretty. Uh, if you need a cure for anxiety, go to the ER and realize your copay is going to be five hundred dollars. <laughs> That'll settle you, settle you down pretty fast. I'm like I got this. This isn't medical. I'm going to go. Um, the worst it got was th the night that our family celebrated Thanksgiving. I, d I couldn't go. I was literally, this is not an exaggeration, in a fetal position in Carrie and I's closet on the floor. Because it was, for some reason, that was the only place I could be. But I couldn't get up. I couldn't move. I was sick, physically sick. But I was sick because of the anxiety and, and the toll it was taking on me. And I couldn't go. I couldn't get up and function. 
And I look back at that now, and I am astounded that I let myself go through this. Because I'm going to read uh, Luke 12, 34. It's going to be, it's essentially going to be the middle part of what we're talking about today. So we're going to lead up to it, and then, and then we're going to uh, share after it. Because the Lord wants to bring some insight for us today. He wants to bring some practical wisdom about how to walk free of these things, free of what really took such a dramatic toll on me. And then he wants to transfer it into insight for us and breakthrough us for us of how to live aware of his presence, aware of his nearness to us. So I'm going to read Luke chapter 12, verse 34. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And I don't know why that, that fall. I did the 1234 search. I started at Genesis and I went through Revelation. Every chapter 12 that had a verse 34, I read it and asked the Lord. And I read this one, and still no power to transform my experience of my situation. And the only, the only uh, thing that I can look at and say, okay, what I was going through wasn't just uh, stupidity and stubbornness. But I heard a quote from Bill Johnson the other day, just in passing on a, like a sermon blurb. As you go through YouTube, it plays automatically plays. And he said, you can't go anywhere in friendship with God where you haven't already gone in lordship. And that fall, I learned lordship. I learned how to give over probably the, the tightest stronghold in my life. Financial security working hard for my family, providing my, for my family, and then seeing the thing that I was doing to try to do that dwindle and dry up. And it touched, every, it touched one of the deepest strongholds in my life. And the Lord fought for lordship over that area. And I can tell you, that, wasn't the, that hasn't been the only lean time for WCA. I work in a service industry where it goes and ebbs and flows. And there, are, there have been seasons, again, where cash flow has gotten tight, but I have been able to walk through those in friendship with the Lord rather than, Lord, rather than he won lordship in that season so I can walk in friendship in, with him in that place. To trust him automatically when I see those things, those same signs begin to happen. I still remember, I think it was August 3rd. It was the first Monday in August in 2019 when I reviewed our finances and really saw the depth of the problem. And I have those meetings with him occasionally to see the depth of, of our cash flow issue. And now it's handled in friendship rather than a battle for lordship. Um, and that's just, that's a little nugget from Bill Johnson for you. If, if you're struggling with the area of your life of giving him lordship, I'll just promise you that it's way better in friendship. The experience of giving over, of, of walking through something in friendship is way better than the experience of having to fight to give over lordship, to learn that lesson. Um, but I, I want to take a step back from 1234, because the Lord actually hasn't stopped with 1234 in my life. I don't see it every day of the week anymore, but I'll see it every week at least, and not just time-wise, but in random places, seeing those four numbers together. Um, and so every, when I see those again, okay, what do you want to teach me about this again? And what we're, what leading up to 1234 is what, what came out of that season, but is also fresh revelation for me that happened on one of my old man excursions. Um, he brought, new, he brought fresh understanding. But all of chapter 12, especially starting in verse 12, is about God's provision in our life. Again, how did I not get it in 2019? How did I not go back to verse 12? I'll read the whole chapter, go back to verse 12, and hear him start to talk about, I take care of the lilies of the field. They're, they're more beautifully adorned than Solomon in all of his riches. 
I take care of the sparrows. How much more do I value you? You, How much more will I take care of you? And verse 12 begins with a, a young man, or uh, sorry, let's go down to, oh, 13. A young man in the crowd, Jesus is teaching, a young man in the crowd says, give, make my older brother give me my half of my father's inheritance. And Jesus immediately goes in and says, starts teaching about trusting our finances. How did I not get it? I mean, he was just from the very beginning spelling it out. He, t- he tells a parable about a man who, s- who had an abundance. And he said, what will I do with all this? I know I'll tear down all of my barns and I'll build new barns and I'll take all of my goods and I'll fill up those barns and I'm set for years to come. I'll just eat, drink and be merry and rest. And the Lord said, I'm sorry, you won't. Tonight you'll die. And he did. He's just telling us, Jesus is telling us in these chapters, beware of where your treasure is. Beware on which you rely. Um, Let's back up to verse 32 really quickly. It says, Do not be seized with alarm and struck with fear, little flock. For it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell what you possess and give donations to the poor. Provide yourself with purses and handbags that do not grow old, an unfailing and inexhaustible, inexhaustible treasure in the heavens, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Is the instruction here to just sell everything you have and give it away? No, that's not the point he's making. You know, like like I referenced, this whole conversation started with the young man who was wanting his part of the inheritance. And you begin to perceive that the nature of the question was he was asking because he had put his faith in that inheritance coming, his faith in his future and, and, and his livelihood and how he was going to live was based in his faith that that inheritance was his. The lesson here is that we should treasure the things that are of eternal value, far above our, what we perceive as our financial gain or what, would, what we tend to lean to in our finances, that it is our source of housing, it is our source of food, it is our source of so many things. And the Lord is saying, transfer your trust from those things which are so easily stolen. They can't preserve one day or add one day to your life. So remove your trust from those things and put your trust in heavenly things, things that are eternal. And it's interesting here because we read the word for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. That word treasure is actually the Greek word that we get the word thesaurus from. Thesaurus is the word in Greek. A thesaurus is so named because it is a rich treasury of words. That's, that's why it got the name that it got. So if we apply that understanding to what Jesus is telling us, he says, for where your treasury is, there your heart will be also. For the place that you store up the things that are, pla- are precious to you, that's where your heart will be. So if my treasury is in heavenly places, what are the many things that I can fill that with? Can I fill it with my bank account? Absolutely not. But can I fill it with the testimony of how God provided for me? Absolutely. I can fill it with the things that are born of the fruit of the Spirit in my life, the things that are born from love, peace, joy, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, kindness, self-control. The things born of those fruits I can store up in that treasury in heavenly places. The things born of the gifts of the Spirit in my life. The prophetic words that God has given me. The the testimony I hear of healing. the, The intercession given by the Spirit and the immediate power that it has in the life of the one you interceded for. Of words of wisdom. Of things born of words of knowledge. Revelation. Understanding, understanding his divine will and then seeing it come to pass. Understanding and being able to discern the intentions of men and the power that brings. All of these things we can store up in the treasury 
of heavenly places. And why is it important? This is the, this is the Holy Spirit's practical wisdom for us today. If you want something to like, I'm just going to apply this to how I walk, how I see the world. He says, where our treasury is and what fills our treasury will determine the quality of my heart as I face situations. Where my treasury is, there my heart will be also. The things that I hold precious and the place that I store those up will determine how my heart responds in future as I face new and fresh situations. So rather than ending up in a fetal position in your closet because your business isn't doing well, you can say, no, I have heard many testimonies and you have been faithful in my life. I give you, you are Lord of this, and so I walk through it in friendship with you. Those testimonies, not just our own, but those things that we hear that, that resonate with us, that we store up and we remember, have the power to transform how we see the situation in front of us. The testimonies we treasure build the faith for our future. It's that night Thanksgiving night that I actually encountered a turning point in this experience where, I, where anxiety consumed me and was the only voice I heard. Finally, there was a crack for the Lord to begin to speak. I remembered Brian Johnson, Bill Johnson's son. Brian Johnson uh, leads their worship ministry. And he had had a nervous breakdown. And I remembered his testimony of how the Lord brought him back from crippling anxiety. And so laying there, struggling to breathe in the midst of the weight on my chest, I looked that up and I listened to Brian Johnson tell his story. And it began, it was the crack in this anxiety storm that allowed the Lord to begin to speak to me and say, no, Luke 12 is true for you too. Not just for some other people. But it's true for you. And if you'll let go of this, I'll bring the breakthrough that you want. And, and Christmas, when we were in Maryville, I remember waking up and telling Carrie, he has the victory. He's defeated this anxiety in me. And it was an hour after, it was an hour after I shared that with her that Jimmy and Zach, my business partners, called me and told me of several contracts that were just signed. Where we will give him lordship, we can be his friends. With the testimonies that we store up and we put in those heavenly places, become the faith builders that we draw from as we face new situations, new challenges, new difficulties. It provides us strength. There is no more, you know, it's, it's not like a, it's not as literal as a hammer in your hand, but it's a hammer in your hand. It's not as literal, literal as the, the earth beneath your feet, but it's the earth beneath your feet. The, tr the things that we treasure, the things that we store up in heavenly places are my place to stand when I face adversity or when I have questions, or don't know how to move forward, when I don't have wisdom of how to respond, I can call on, that tes on the testimony of God giving wisdom to another. Or I can call on the verse in James that says, for any man that needs wisdom, let him ask and I'll give it liberally. I can trust the testimony of his word, and it becomes the place which I stand. So this morning the Lord is urging us, in those areas where he doesn't yet have lordship, where those testimonies don't have yet have power over the way that we see our life, to give him lordship, to relinqu relinquish the control over those things and let the testimonies that you have heard and the testimonies that you've had experience with, let that begin to be your view and, and the determiner of how you see your future and God's possibilities as he responds to the situations we face. And that we've reached the middle. Good job, guys. We're here. We're halfway done, and we're not even an hour in. <laughs> but what he wants us to see this morning, that all that was free. You can 
Take that home. You don't even have to tip me on the way out. What he wants us to see this morning is the shift that happens at verse 34. Because before verse 34, he's talking about a treasury of many things. You know, we read about it all through, verse, uh, all through chapter 12 about God from his nature and the abundances that he will pour out, the provisions that he will provide. Many things that we are storing up. And in verse 34, it changes from a treasury of many things to a treasury of one thing. We live in a time, you can, you can see it everywhere, and I'm not even talking about looking around in the world, but you listen to a worship music for about five minutes, you get through to the second song, and one of those two songs has been about being near to the Lord, especially in contemporary Christian. Lord, be more near, be closer. I, I want more of you. These are common themes. In, in our music, they're common themes in our questions with the Lord. You know, even in our church, we have faced, and families have faced unimaginable difficulty. And in times of our deep crisis and deep sorrow, how near we want him to be. How close we want him to be to our hearts, to heal, to comfort, to restore, to bring joy, to bring peace where there should be no peace, to bring those things that we can't attain in ourselves. But even greater, we're coming into a time where it can't just be our crisis that we need his nearness. But in everyday life, the situations that we will face and the people that we encounter, the world is ripe for harvest. You look around and you see the difficulty that people face, the unrest that the state of our world is in and the questions that it produces in people. The earth is crying out for nearness to God. But here's the thing. How many in this room know today that God can be no closer than he already is? He is as close to us as he's ever going to get. I mean, his blood is in my veins. His blood is in your veins through the salvation of Jesus. If we say, okay, I'm saved and I want to be filled now with your Holy Spirit. Then his Holy Spirit, the very Spirit of the Father, is now in my every cell and fiber. He's in every molecule as I breathe in and breathe out. He's the strength in my muscles that when I, he says raise your arms to worship, he's the strength that makes them raise. He's, he can be no closer than he is, but still our hearts say, be near to me, be more, be, I want to experience you more. What, what is this thing that's going on? What's the breakthrough that he wants to bring for us today? What we're really asking for, because he can't be any closer to us than he is, what our heart is really crying out for is a revelation of his nearness. How many times have you prayed and you feel yourself it seems like you lock into something that the words that you are speaking are true and that they're happening at that moment. Anybody who prayers, prays for any time and seeks the Lord with, with an open heart to be part of his will, you will experience that. Even in the simplest prayers, as you pray for healing or pray, pray for provision, there's a sense that you lock into what the Spirit is saying. That's revelation of his nearness. How many times... When you hear a word and you feel a weight on your shoulders or a weight on your chest, not one that is oppressive, but one that says, I'm here. That's a revelation of his nearness. How many times, I don't mind just because it's cold in here, but how many times has your, have, you, have you felt, even in warm places, the goosebumps raise on your arms? That's a revelation of his nearness. Max and I had one that shook me to my core. We used to pray on Friday nights when I lived with mom and dad, lived in town. We would pray on Friday nights all night long, intercede over the church, and sometimes we'd have students from SPC. Sometimes it would just be me, Max, and Scott Lipes, 
Uh, it was just always a revolving group. But one Christmas Eve, or leading up to Christmas, it wasn't Christmas Eve, it was the week before Christmas Eve. It was just Max and I. And I felt the Lord say, turn off all the lights. And I've shared this story before, but if you've been in this room with all the lights off and no light from outside, you know darkness. It's like the only thing I compare it, can compare it to is when we were little and we would go to Comanche on spring break and go camping and trying to drive out of there. Like, that's some darkness, y'all. It gets dark around Comanche. I don't know if that's spiritual or what, but it is, it is dark. You can't see the hand in front of your face. And we began to pray in that just total darkness. Lord, manifest yourself to us in a way that we have never experienced. Show yourself to us. And we prayed that way for a few minutes. And I felt the Lord walk in the back door. Physically felt his presence as he walked in the back door. And he came and he sat down about where Lorinda is right now. I felt it was like, you see the, this is a weird reference maybe, but you see every now and again if you like look at space stuff, the description of how things are heavy, heavy, heavier in gravity and how it contorts forces and can contort time. It was like a gravity depression. I could feel his weight in the room. And I thought I was going to hear the audible voice of the Lord, and it shook me to my core. I, that was before Christmas, and I walked around in trim, fear and trembling till at least March. And we prayed for a while, we pressed in, and then we stopped. I mean, it was probably an hour or so, but we stopped, and Max and I went and got coffee. And he said, dude, did you feel the Lord walk in the room? And I said, yes, I absolutely did. And he said, he came in and he sat down on the right side, about halfway down. And I said, oh, no, dude, we were tripping because I felt him and he was on the left. And I think we were just messed up by the dark. And he said, no, no, it was real. He said, if you stand at the stage and you look at the back, he was on the right side. And I was like, no, if you stand in the back, he was on the left side. We felt him without speaking about it in exactly the same spot in the room. And you realize, oh, my gosh, I was in the presence of the Lord. Well, that following week, I was here alone, and I laid on the stage right there on my back with my arms out, and I felt him come in again, and I said, don't stop. Whatever you do, don't stop. I lost sight of him about halfway. Like I've, I felt like I could see him with my eyes, but as the angle got too steep, I couldn't see him, and then I felt his weight on my body. I couldn't raise my arms, lift my legs. I couldn't turn my head. I wasn't distressed but I was crying and I couldn't get my hand to my face to wipe the tears away he brought a revelation of his nearness and I understood just how present he is even when I don't perceive it because the presence that I felt as he pressed down is the same presence that's here right now let's start at verse 34 for where your treasury is where your treasure is there will your heart be also. Keep your loins girded and your lamps burning. And be like men who are waiting for their master to return home from the marriage feast, so that he, when he returns from the wedding and comes and knocks, they may open to him immediately. Blessed are those servants who the master finds awake and alert and watching when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will gird himself and have them recline at table and will come and serve them. When I read this last night, I just thought that this was like the definition of Jesus burying the lead. Because he had told us about the many things, but then he began to tell us about the one who provides all of those things. He's telling us, be as those servants, with lamps burning, ready to move. That's what verse 34 is telling us, or 35. Your loins girded means you are ready and watching. Your lamp burning means that you are filled with the Spirit and a light, welcoming Him always with open heart, open mind, 
wanting revelation of his nearness. And then he tells us of these servants. This is not the behavior. What he's wanting us to see in this is this is not the behavior of just a servant who is just like, he feeds me and I do what he asks, and then he gives me a place to sleep at night. These are servants who treasure their master. They are awake in the night watching for his return, waiting and watching eagerly for him to come. It says later, if he comes in the first watch or the second watch or the third watch of the night, they're still just as awake as they were at the very beginning, still alert, still waiting. And to those, he will bring revelation of his nearness. He will come to them. And what's astounding is that he will minister to them. It's amazing when we treasure the Father, when we treasure his spirit, when we treasure Jesus, that they actually minister to us. When somebody asks me about my views on worship, and I don't mean like what it is globally, but what it is when we gather together and worship the Lord, this is the picture. We come ready. This, and this is why I love our time together as we sing so much, because this is what's possible. We, when we come ready, like the, the word says, our loins girded, ready to move, ready to experience, prepared and expectant. And when I, we come full of the Spirit, and I mean like we all, we all go out, and our life is intended to bring testimony. So we carry that testimony, that fullness back into the Lord. As we offer it to him, he is pleased. And as we empty ourselves and worship to him, there's this beautiful relationship that as we empty ourselves in song and with open heart to him, he begins to overflow. He brings revelation of his nearness. And suddenly I'm filled again. I'm renewed and I'm ready to leave this place and to share that which I have discovered. That's, and that's my prayer every, every week when we come in to sing. That whether there are hands raised, toe tap, eyes closed, that that is the exchange that is occurring. That we are pouring our hearts out to him. And that as we do, he brings revelation of his nearness, and we are filled again with that spirit. There is something about a heart that is ready about a heart that is filled with spirit and is a light that is attractive to him. And I, I, don't, I don't mean like pulling him from far. But this is a relationship. And that as we live in that place of love toward him, as we treasure him, as he becomes the thing that we store up in the treasury in heavenly places, that the blessing that he responds with is himself. We still have the same provision. We still have the same abundance, the same access to wisdom, the thing, this is all of the things that come from him. But what he really wants to respond with is himself. He wants to bring revelation of his nearness to us. And not just in desperate times, but every day and all the time. Why is this important? This sounds like a bunch of frou-frou stuff. <laughs> Why is it important to live in a revelation of his nearness, an experience of his closeness? Because we don't function properly without it. Carrie and, and the girls are at the center of my life. 
Above all else in the earth, I treasure them. They sit only below Jesus, the Father, and the Spirit. That is the only thing that they are below. And so naturally, the entire sphere of my life revolves around them. And even when they aren't present, even when I aren't, I'm not experiencing her nearness physically as I am right now, it doesn't change how much and how deeply I treasure them and that every thought revolves around them. They recently went to Missouri to, to visit Carrie's family, and I couldn't go. There's too much work to do. And still, as they were gone, kept the house clean. We were Our AC was out, so first pursued finishing getting that done. Our electrical panel also went at the same time. What a joy. But pursued having that repaired so that by the time they returned, the house was functioning and cool. And that there would be food in the house. And that the house would be clean. My life revolves around the treasure that I hold dear, whether they're with me or not. But I didn't sleep. When she's not there, I don't sleep. There were times and during the day I thought, what do I do with myself? Yeah, that's all, that's all sorted out for me when they are near, physically near. There is never a moment where there is a question of what should I be doing. <laughs> there is always parenting to be done. And there's always love to be shown, affection to be shared. But when I lay down and she's not there, it doesn't matter if it's 10 p.m. or 3 a.m. I'm not going to sleep. They were gone for five days and I slept about 10 hours. I don't function properly without revelation or experience of her nearness. That's not by mistake. That's by design and relationship. We don't function properly as we are designed to function. And I don't just mean like, I mean in the, in the daily things, but also in the things of power. We are designed to release miracles. We're designed to be the wisdom, be his wisdom to the world. We're designed to bring revelation, to bring understanding, designed to release healing, designed to bring comfort, to be a source of goodness, love, joy, peace, meekness, kindness, self-control in the earth. We don't function in these things without experience of his nearness. We don't function properly without that revelation. And then also, we don't release what we're designed to release. All those things that I just released, that I just listed, it's impossible to release those things without treasuring the one and having revelation of his nearness. And this is how he's still talking to me through 1234. I was listening to Chris Vallotton the other day. And just, he wasn't preaching on this, but in passing, he said, like in Matthew 1234. And just went past it. And it perked my ear because the Lord still, that, to that day I saw one, two, three, four. I'm like, oh, you're still talking to me about this. So let's flip over to Matthew chapter 12 and read verse 34. Starts a little rough. He's dealing with some Pharisees and some hypocrisy. So we're going to start at that, but just, you know, this isn't, it doesn't start with a gentle message. Uh, it says, you offspring of vipers, how can you speak good things when you are evil? For out of the fullness, the overflow, and the superabundance of your heart, your mouth will speak. The good man from his inner good treasure flings forth good things. And the evil man, out of his inner evil storehouse, flings forth evil things. We cannot help but share that which we treasure. To think, to think that we could keep all of what we harbor in our hearts inside is a fallacy. From our treasury, our mouth will speak. 
So I will be either ready to spread doubt, fear, anxiety, if those are the things that I am focusing on. I will treasure something whether I make a conscious choice or not. My life will revolve around something. And it's not a, not, it's human beings, sorry, I'm going to take a tangent. Human beings are funny creations. Because our life is in the physical. We deal with physical things, but our life are driven by, our life is driven by unseen things. Everything in our life is propelled forward by something unseen. Even when we aren't in faith. Greed, anxiety, fear. We only see the expression of these things. We can't see them in and of themselves because they're born of spirit. We will be driven by something from an unseen place, whether we want to be or not. And our life will always bear evidence of the thing that we treasure, the unseen thing that we treasure, whether we make a choice to do to build up heavenly treasures or not. We are always treasuring something in the unseen place, and our life will always bear fruit of it. There is no way out of it. For us that know Jesus in a world that doesn't, we have got to stop choosing to treasure the things that the world treasures. We have got to begin to love that which is good. Love testimony of God fulfilling prophecy. Love testimony of healing. Embracing it with open arms, not just saying, oh, that's not possible. He doesn't do that anymore. It's doubt. And our life will bear fruit of that. But when we hear testimony, embrace it, cherish it, hold it as precious because it is. And let all of those things that we store up and treasure point us to the one who released those, who provided those. Let him become the treasury of our life, become the precious thing that we have stored up. And then what the, Lord, what the world will encounter from the fountain of that place is him. We will be ready in every season to pour forth wisdom, to pour forth healing, to release goodness, to release joy and peace and love. And to pursue revelation of his nearness, experience of his presence. Because the presence we treasure is the presence we will share. It's one thing to share testimony that's encouraging. But it's another thing to be in a supermarket. Put your hands on someone and feel the power of God fall. It's a different thing altogether. Now you're writing testimony. Rather than drawing on it to give you strength. When we treasure him, we get to author testimony. To me, that's so exciting. I hope it is to you. And just as a side note, if he's talking to you in weird ways, pay attention. If you see a number repeated, ask him, why am I seeing this? Or if you find yourself crossing paths with someone, that you haven't crossed paths with in a long time, but suddenly you see them three days in a row. Don't just laugh it off as a funny coincidence. But say, God, what do you want to do here? What are you authoring? That I can stop with this person and we can experience from the treasury of what is precious within me, from you, that we can experience revelation of your nearness and an understanding of your power. Father God, we thank you that even greater than providing for us, giving us things, that you have given us yourself. And I thank you that right now we can exist 
and the knowledge that you will never be more near to us than you are right now. You can't be more near. You surround us, you lift us up, and that every part of you has invaded us. We cannot be separated. You have told us that in your word. We can't be separated from you. So there is no more nearness to gain. But this morning, we come and we take this revelation, this understanding, and say, increase our revelation of your nearness. Increase our experience of your presence. And thank you for the wisdom and the understanding, Holy Spirit, that that is connected to how deeply we treasure the arrival of our Master. I pray over everyone in this room, everyone that's listening, but also every part of our body that isn't here that's traveling, I pray over us that we would gird our loins, that we would be ready, and that our lamps would be burning alight with your filling, Holy Spirit. So that as you lead, as you speak, we are ready and excited to, re- to share the treasure and to share what is in our treasury. Thank you, Lord, for how you bring revelation and understanding and how you renew us and bring us life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Um, Shorty, let's put uh, a plate out at the back um, so that uh, as, we, as we exit, we can give our tithe and our giving. Um, and I'm just going to say one more quick, quick prayer um, to, because I'm well under my two-hour limit. I'm going to say one more prayer over the offering, uh, and then we'll be uh, dismissed. Father, I thank you that as we offer that as we give of our provision in obedience to your leadership and obedience to your word, that you are faithful to multiply. That there is no need that a gift given in obedience can't meet and surpass. We thank you, Lord, for how you are faithful to take those things given in faith and advance your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.